Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The healthy tip of the day is up next. Today's healthy tip of the day is to slow down. In today's fast-paced society of multitasking, the tendency is to cram in as, as much activity as you can and to get it done as fast as you can. This, I believe, is a major cause of stress. As you are engaging in either work or play throughout your day, choose to do one thing at a time and focus all your attention on this one thing and one thing only, taking as much time as you need. Using this simple strategy to slow down will help you to feel less overwhelmed, less rushed, and will bring more enjoyment to your daily life. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by Medea Allen, the Organic Soul Chef, and you can visit me online for more healthy tips at OrganicSoulChef.com. Wow, we'd like to thank the Organic Soul Chef, Medea Allen, for providing the Keys family with that healthy tip of the day. Always on point. And we'd like to welcome South African jazz singer and guitarist Ernie J. Smith, that's jazz and jazz, to the United States. He's just touched down in New Orleans and he's getting ready to perform at the French Quarter and Jazz Fest. Right now, you're listening to one of his tunes called Odette's Song from the Lovely Things album. Welcome, Ernie. We look forward to having you on the show in the near future. Okay, so now it's time to get your pens and your paper, get your family, call some friends, Call your neighbors, call your spouse, call your brother, call your sister. We're going to dig deep into relationships. We're going to look at relationships as they relate to marriage. We're going to look at some strategies and how to deal with conflict resolution. Woo! Okay. Ernie, would you be so kind as to take us to a commercial break? In the meantime, I'm going to get my pen and my paper I'm going to go get a whole pad because I want to make sure I take a lot of notes today. Woo! Seven strategies for conflict resolution. Hot. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is NYBY, and you are tuned into the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio. Opening doors to endless possibilities. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 
631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, time to get started. Sister Cecilia's here. Brother Marcus is calling in very shortly. Brother James is here on the line. We got some very, very, very special people listening to us today, and I just want to reach out onto the beautiful island of the of Grenada, the Spice Island, and give the greetings to Sister Atia. And we got um, from the village of Harlem for the first time listening into the Keys 107. We have Francine. Francine, welcome to the Keys 107 Network. It was so good to speak to you today. So let's let's roll up our sleeves. I got my pen and my pad here, and I'm ready to take notes, Sister Cecilia. Uh, Brother James, check in. Are you there? <laughs> yes, this is Brother James, and I'm happy, always happy to be here, always happy to be present to speak to our family, and I'm so happy today that, like you said, we have special guests, and they are special because um, God has made them that way. You know, I want to say before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show that um, a show like this cannot be taken lightly, and we are dealing with people looking at us and we looking at ourselves as dysfunctional. But um, the origin of dysfunction did not start yesterday or last generation or two gener- generations ago. It started way back. And so we've had time against us in terms of getting us to where we are today in terms of being dysfunctional. But I want to say this, Sister Rafika and Sister Cecilia, I do understand how the universe work, works in a very simplistic way. It has polarizing agents, meaning where there's light and there's darkness. And when we have people who um, break up families, we also have people who help make up or keep families together. And so with saying that, I know what we're going to receive today is that positive energy and element that's going to help us heal our families and keep our families together. So I so welcome this because this is what we need today. And Sister Rafika, this could have been no better guest than uh, Brother Marcus and Sister Cecilia. So with that, I believe we can uh, get started with the show and um, bring on our wonderful guests um, as uh, we are so eagerly waiting to hear from them. Well, Sister Cecilia, um, your mic is live, so um, Brother Marcus is on the line too. Let me um, put his mic out. Brother Marcus, can you hear us? Yeah. I can hear you just fine. I tell I'm a link to my dear family. 
Wa um, there is an echo in one of the phones. I don't know if somebody is on speaker, but we're hearing an echo. All right, let me make sure. It's not me. <laughs> Was okay, I well, here? Are you echoing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to put your mic on mute for one second, and then we'll know, okay? okay. Um, Brother yes, Marcus and Sister Cecilia, can you just um, start off by, um, for those members in our audience who don't know you, can get to know you by telling us how you got started on this path of the marriage counselors. Okay, uh, I'll go ahead and start if that's okay with Sister Cecilia. Um, yes, please. All right. We got started on the marriage counseling uh, because we realized after accepting Islam uh, and listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that marriage is a very serious uh, thing to become involved with. And we have learned everything that we know of marriage and marriage counseling from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan and from the resources that he has put in front of our nation to study. Um, The Honorable Louis Farrakhan is a man that studies very, very much and can teach on every subject that's out there, not because only he is receiving the divine inspiration of Allah, but because the minister is not afraid to pick up a book and study something that he doesn't necessarily know inherently. And so uh, he has put that same thought in our minds, and we are pursuers of knowledge, and, and we actually like to go out and get books. We have nearly five to 600 books uh, that we have collected over the years that really deal with marriage and family life. And the best book we have, of course, is the Holy Quran of the direct commandments of Allah to us, Uh, but we can always get some enhancement, some further understanding of what the Honorable Louis Farrakhan has already guided us to. Sister Cecilia and I have been married now or in the process of marriage for the last 20 years of our lives, and it has been one heck of a struggle. I don't know why Sister Cecilia hasn't divorced me yet, I've given her every reason to divorce me, but she still finds it in her heart to keep me around, and I just love her for it. And I thank Allah for the what I have found in my black woman uh, of God and of righteousness. And I'm just very fortunate as a husband to have a woman that allows me to be a man in her life and then is not trying to fight me for the role of the man. And I think that that is something that, you know, very few men have in 2013. They, they, many of us have, have women who are fighting us for the leadership role. But I, I read a book one time called Husbands Who Will Not Lead and Wives Who Will Not Follow. And I think that a lot of times in our marriages, it's because we as husbands are not leading is why women are actually They're not fighting us for leadership. They're taking leadership because we have failed as men to lead. And so uh, we provide counseling. We provide help to husbands and wives all over the country, all over the nation, different men, different women who need a little help because every marriage goes through a down period, goes through times, rough times, you know. And a lot of the, the times when things are rough and tough, 
we need to know how to respond properly, how to take leadership. And so we set up the Wiley Counseling Services as a direct result of the marriage retreats that we do to help couples who just need a third ear. You know, a lot of times they say there are three sides of every story, yours, mine, and the truth. We set up our counseling services to not judge people, but to be an impartial voice for uh, to listen to what this brother is saying and then listen to what his wife is saying and then ask the wife how much she understands what that man is saying. And then I ask the husband, do you understand? How do you understand what your wife is saying right now? And so we are really there to mediate the conflicts that come up. And nowadays people get divorced if you look at them wrong. People get divorced if, they, if you misinterpret what they meant or what they said. Sister Ava pointed out that poorly chosen words, poorly chosen sentences, in essence, can get you divorced nowadays. And so we're trying to just be a go-between between couples, and we, we try to set it up and be a voice for the marriage because, you know, our number one aim this year, Sister say you can continue if I'm wrong, but we set it up where we said this year we were going to, as our demonstration of love to Allah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, our demonstration of love is to help the Honorable Louis Farrakhan to stop divorce, which he clearly identified as the number one threat to the national security of the nation of Islam. And mm-hmm. since the number one threat to the national security of the nation of Islam, it's the number one threat to the security of us as a people, divorce. We play with it too lightly. You're meeting people nowadays who are their third and fourth marriages after being divorced three and four times. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. And the presence of all of this divine knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that the Honorable Louis Farrakhan has labored and given 30 years of his life trying to help us, it don't make sense that many of us, so many of us, are getting divorced nowadays. Mm. Wow, Brother Marcus, you done said so much in that opening. And um, I know that uh, I do have my pen and my pad ready because, I want to, uh, the subtitle of this talk is Let's Stay Together, and um, we need to stay together. We're going to make progress, and we need to allow everyone, meaning uh, the husband, the wife, and the children, to aid in that process of keeping the family together. So, Sister Cecilia, are you out there? Can we hear that wonderful voice of yours? Yes, sir. I am here and ready to get to work to assist in any way we can, and I just want to thank you and your lovely wife for inviting us on to your show. And we want to thank almighty God for your medium on how to help the community through your radio show. And so just to uh, follow up with what brother Marcus was saying is that that is what our passion is, is to help couples to stay together, to know that you are not alone. You're not on an Island by yourself. The same challenges you have, guess what? Someone else married has the same challenges. And it's how we use our maturity to handle the situation. Because in, 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 in marriage, these situations can be handled so immaturely to the point where I got my lollipop, you got yours, you go to your corner, I go to my corner, and we're going to just break this up. We're not going to deal with this anymore, but we have to learn to fight 
for our marriages, and that's one of our symbols is to fight for our marriages because if we don't fight for them, then they will fall to the wayside, and it has to be both husband and wife who are willing to fight for their marriage because, again, they have to remember that you're bringing a male and a female together to grow as one into that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of Almighty God because, again, marriage was designed by God from the very beginning. He created Adam and Eve from the very beginning. It was man and woman. And so from him creating the man and the woman, then with that, he knew we would have conflict. He knew that we would have struggle. He knew that we would have to balance out our struggle. So being that the God knew that, then we should be ready to put on our uh, strap up our boots and get ready to go to work to, to, to walk the battle that we have to walk to be successful. Mm. Very well put, Sister. Very, very well. Yes, I mean, from the very beginning, we've had a conflict, and the conflict is being able to be ourselves but be one at the same time, you know, and that sounds crazy, but that's what it is. You know, we've heard ministers say that we are uh, twin halves of the same essence, you know, male and female, and um, so at the root of us, we are submissive to the almighty God, and if we stand on that as the basis of our relationship, then we can make it through all the hard times and the struggles and the storms. So well, we are so happy that both of you are here with us on the keys. Um, we know that um, sometimes we choose our profession. Uh, sometimes our profession chooses us. And with you two, you're natural. The, the, the essence of the both of you speaks to the fact that God chose you for us as an example and teachers of how we can maintain good relationships with our family and help our families grow and, in essence, help our nation grow. So, once again, thank you very much for coming on board with us this evening. You know, I want to add to um, something uh, Sister Cecilia said that made me think about it. It's like when people are uh, falling in love for the first time and they're thinking about getting getting married, the one thing that is not a current thread in the conversation in making the plans and and the um, the mysticism of marriage is the basic conversation of how do we deal with conflict? What are we going to do if we have an argument? How are we going to handle it? Um, do I bring in my old self when I was single into this relationship and deal with you as a single person? You know, who um, if I got upset, I could just hang up the phone and I didn't have to look at nobody. But when you're married, maybe that's not the best strategy. Right. (laughs) Well, let's go with the first. What would be one of the first um, strategies in terms, first of all, what would be one of the first conflicts, like you said, communicating or dealing with the uh, fight or flight uh, natural instincts that we have when we come to a situation. Am I going to stand here and fight, meaning not necessarily go to blows, but try to resolve this issue, or am I going to get on my pony and ride off into the sunset and don't have to deal with it? Talk, talk to us about strategies of setting uh, uh, the tone of resolution. 
Well, first well, before we before wait, Sister Cecilia, before we um get started, I just want to give out the call in number. We got a lot of people in the chat room. The call in number is two one three nine four three three six one eight. Two one three nine four three three six one eight. Get on the phone, call in, join the conversation. Um okay, I'm done. <laughs> To let's give a definition for us so as the minister has taught us to clear the word <laughs> that the term is that the term conflict resolution re- refers to a range of processes aimed at alleviating or eliminating eliminating sources of conflict. There are five main styles of dealing with conflict that vary in degrees of cooperativeness and assertiveness. People typically have preferred to conflict resolution styles. However, different styles are most useful in different situations. So there are usually five ways that first we start off when conflict arises in a relationship. This is how one of these five we practice or more than one we practice, but just to get into the styles of some of the conflicts of how we deal with it, like one, they call it the competitive. And the the competitive person tends toward a competitive style. They're firm, know what they want. They usually operate from a position of power. They're drawn from things like their position, their rank, their expertise, or persuasive ability. That's the competitive person. That's their style of conflict resolution. Then you have the person who's the collaborative person. People tending towards a collaborative style tend to meet the needs of all people involved. These people can be highly assertive, but unlike the competitor, they cooperate effectively and acknowledge that everyone is important. Then we have the one who's the compromising person, when it comes to conflict, people who prefer a compromising style tend to find a solution that will at least partially satisfy everyone. Everyone is expected to give up something, and the compromiser also expects to relinquish something. Then the next style is the accommodating style. And this indicates a person who has the willingness to meet the needs of others at the expense of their own needs. The accommodator often knows when to give in to others, but they can be persuaded to surrender a position even when it is not warranted. And so this person is assertive but is highly cooperative. Then we have this person. We know we may all know this person very well, the avoider. People tending towards this style seek to evade the conflict entirely. This type is delegating controversial decisions, accepting default decisions, and not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings, so they avoid the situation entirely. So for some of us, as I read those, to see which person are you? Are you the, when it comes to conflict, are you the competitor? Are you the collaborator? Are you the compromiser? Are you the accommodating one? Or are you the avoider? 
Because in a relationship, we know we need to know in conflict resu- in conflict resolution. Well, which one am I, or which uh, or are you a blend of several? And so we know with conflict, no matter how long, whether it's your husband, the mother, and the husband and the wife, the father and the son, the mother and the daughter, the the boss and the employee, there is going to be conflict in all relationships that we have. It's just a matter of how do we deal with it to get the best out of it so that everyone is going to be okay with the decisions made. But we know most of the time everyone is not, but to come to a a conflict resolution that will solve the situation that we deal with. And most of us are not good at conflict resolution, and that's one of the main reasons why in our marriage retreats we deal so heavily with communication because the lack of communication is the biggest problem in relationships because the husband can say one thing, the wife can say another thing, and because there's a misunderstanding between the two, then therefore that's when the conflict arises and that's when the problems arise because now our egos become involved, and when our egos become involved, then now what was just a little spark now is a whole big fire burning because now the emotions have ran high, the anger is high, I mean the frustration is high, the disappointment is high. So not only now are you in this conflict, but we we take the conflict and take it way back to we're just talking, the husband said, well, baby, I'm just talking about what happened, you know, today. He's talking about an incident that happened today, or the sister's talking about an incident that happened today because we have not healed from previous conflicts and previous interactions. We bring it back from way back from in the past somewhere. So now you said this to me. Well, now because you did this to me, I remember what you did in 1985 that I didn't like and we really didn't resolve it too much so now I'm bringing it all right here right now so these are things that have come up and arise in our relationship Hmm. well yeah I think you hit it on the head when you said the lack of communication is the biggest problem in relationships and I noticed that you didn't pigeonhole that into just the the husband and wife relationship, that's the biggest problem in relationships in general. Right. That is the husband and wife relationship in general. Of course, that that's, that's definitely the case with husband and wife. But like I said, husband and wife situation can be even exacerbated by the relationship, a good example of how conflicts arise. The husband could have been at work. He was expecting a promotion at work, but he didn't get the promotion at work that he was expecting to get. So he's upset now because of the relationship between him and his superior where he didn't get the job. So now he comes home to his wife, to his family, and the wife not knowing what went on with him that day, she he comes into the house, he already seems a little bit upset, a little bit frustrated. Well, she might have whatever she did that day, she's a little bit irritated. The mother and the child situation where the children are irritated her or maybe a coworker of hers irritated her. So now you have two people who are irritated from relationships outside of the home 
and they come in the home with each other, and those other relationships now are going to increase how they're going to deal with each other that particular day, that particular hour, that particular minute, because now they were affected by the relationships and the conflict that they had, again, outside the home, and it all affects how we deal and handle each other in the home because, again, the skill of shaking off what was outside the home and coming in the home and being able to recreate ourselves in a sense before we walk into the doors of our home, this is a skill that we have to learn that a lot of us have not learned that skill yet because, again, whatever we're dealing with, we're carrying that luggage, we're carrying that emotion with us, so it's going to affect everybody. So the wife and the husband now come together, and the little situation, again, that was just a little incident, just not that big a problem. It might have been she, she, the wife or the, the wife put the husband's at the dinner table sitting down to eat, and the wife put his food down at the table, and he's eating, but she slaved over a hot kitchen, and she knows that her food should be on point. It should be good, and she's waiting for him to get to acknowledge that it's good, that it's tasty, and he's so upset from what went on at work that day that he has not yet let her know that he didn't get the promotion. So now he's eating his dinner. It should be very casual, very normal, but the food don't taste right to him because his mind is not really on the taste and the texture of how maybe the beans are meshing with the onions and the garlic and the sauce and the bean soup, or it's not meshing right in his mouth like normal because He's upset now from what happened outside that house. So now the wife is getting upset because she like, well, you know, I slaved over this hot kitchen to make sure your food was, what's wrong with you? And he's not in the mood to communicate. So what happens now? Then she's going to ask again, what's wrong with you? You know, he's not saying anything. He's quiet. He's not talking. He's just, you know, just real low because he's already upset, but he doesn't want, he's not ready yet to tell his wife what went on. She doesn't know what's going on with him at all. Now she's a little bit upset because she's like, she don't know what's going on, but she can tell it's something that went on and she's getting offended because he's not acting like she would like him to act. So now the conflict arises and guess what? That situation can become explosive. Mm. A prime example of a conflict that could be that can be resolved if handled properly, but because of again the te- the techniques now that have to be used that we have to use to say okay, like the minister told us his sisters a long time ago that be able to read the screen of your husband. When he walks into that door, you should already be able to tell what kind of mood he's in. What's his spirit like? You can tell when he walks through the door. But I also like to tell sisters, don't even wait till he walks through the door. We have to communicate with each other all throughout the day. You should have called each other. It, it, it should not be such a thing as when your husband or you both left out the house at 8 o'clock that morning, y'all saw each other, y'all kissed goodbye, 
hug goodbye, then you don't see or talk to each other again until the evening when you're home. In this day and time, that's dangerous within itself because so much can happen. But just to communicate throughout the day to let your spouse know I'm okay, I love you, I'm blah, blah, blah. They know you at work. Yes, they know. But just to communicate some words to them. So now by the time he comes home, not only do you already know what kind of day he has had or he knows what kind of day you have had because you've communicated with each other throughout the day. So just from communicating with each other throughout the day, we can help to avoid some of the conflicts that arise when we come home from work. Because a lot of us, if we look at when, when do we argue, when do we, when do we get upset with each other? If we actually look at that, a lot of it may be when we get home from work. Some of it may be the night before because we were something happened. We argued, we angry the next day. So I mean to really look at when do we have these set off and to know, you know, where is it coming from? How is it starting? So that we can better prepare ourselves to use more skills that we'll get into in a few minutes to help us to totally take out the conflicts that arise so that, again, the key word that we want to use is maturity because if we don't start to mature in the handling of each other, that's where the problem comes in. And I always tell sisters, we have to remember, we are growing up in a world where the black man is not respected, and he is not respected. And so for him not being respected as the man, the head of his household, we don't understand as black women how really that is entrenched in our own mind. So when you get a man now who is being taught and has been taught that he is the he is the ruler, he is the Khalifa of God, he stands in the place of the God because it yeah. should be God, man, woman, children. The man is supposed to be an example of a little God to his family. So when we start to see that and then to understand that, when you're looking at a man who is striving to be a man of God, you cannot treat him like you would treat a man who has no knowledge of himself because now you're dealing with two different entities. But even in dealing with a man who does not know himself, if you know that he is a sleeping God because he lacks the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of Almighty God where he has not yet learned who he is, but you know who he is, black woman, then the way we handle the man will bring him heights up or it will bring him heights down. And so I'm saying that to say that when we lift our men up and let, and allow him to be in his place of the head, the ruler of our household, then as women we be, have to begin to understand that when he plays his role to the letter, then we let him play it. I was talking to my daughter just yesterday, and we were talking, planning for her for school because she wants to go visit her college. And we sitting here looking up information and, and typing up this and looking at hotels and how we going to get here and all this type of information. And then my, my husband said, um, she said, well, Daddy, what you think? And my husband said, I got it. 
And then my daughter, she's like, what do you mean you got it, daddy? And I looked at her and I said, baby, he got it. When <laughs> a man tells you he got it, that means you as a female don't got to worry about it no more, especially when he has proven to you that he can, when he tells you he got a plan, when he tells you he has a vision and he works it and it comes out right, then you saying, okay, he got it. And I'm saying this with conflict resolution explicitly because that's one of the biggest issues we hear from men is that when I tell my wife or my girlfriend that I'm going to do such and such or I got this such and such, they're going to second guess me. They're ready to argue with me. They're ready to debate with me. But we as women have to learn when he say he got it, just just lay back and let him have it. Let the God in him come out and let him make it happen. And it ain't nothing. That's the biggest smile on my face is when my husband say that word to me, I got it. I'm like, ooh, I feel like heaven right there because that security to know that black man got it. And most of us have a man in our midst who says it, but we have to use a baby, uh, uh, uh. Baby, you go head on. And I'm, again, saying that because that's one of the biggest, biggest things I hear from men is that their wives do not trust them. Their wives do not let them lead. If I'm going to be the leader, why doesn't she let me lead? Why is it always an argument, a debate? If I said, baby, we got this bill due and the man says, well, baby, I got it, then why is he catching you sneaking trying to pay the bill and he just told you he got it? Well, here, here's what I'm thinking. So you, we, we talked earlier uh, about strategies for conflict resolution. You, you, you parsed the word conflict resolution. You gave four points. You said that communication is the biggest problem in relationships, and I am so agreeing with you on that. Um, you Up throughout the day, hear his voice, get a sense of how he's feeling, what's going on with him, and 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 you're good. So you hang up the phone. And you go, whoa, he's a little grouchy today. It seems like things are not going right for him. Um, so maybe just before he comes home, you get a phone call from an irate person on the other line, and they just tick you off. So now you're ticked off, and you forget that you that you had this conversation with your 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 mate, your spouse, and um, he hits the door. So at that moment. When the two of you clash, how do you handle it? Stop and breathe. Immediately, stop and breathe. Because immediately you, you're you noticing, uh-oh, we're clashing here. We have to have a t- – that's like a quick bring yourself back to, okay, I just remembered he had a bad day. And and the same thing for the sister. She She's remembering, okay, I have a bad day. We both had a bad day. Let's uh, quickly resume peace. Go, I would immediately go, stop the conversation, walk over there, give him a hug, give him a kiss, bring it down. Baby, I apologize. Just go in the room, relax, you know, take off your shoes. Or if it's both of you are there, both of you are tired, and and both of you have had a long day, baby, let's just sit down on the couch for a minute and just breathe. Let's mm. relax. And, again, we have to learn how 
to switch from whatever's going on, which is, again, a skill that has to be, that we have to learn to switch immediately to a, a, a behavior, an existence of peace and contentment. We're home now. We're in our castle. We're, we're in our abode. Let's peace, peace, peace. And just sit down and relax for a minute. Sit down and just be silent. It's quiet. If, even if the children are there in the house, because like I said, with us having, me and my husband, we have six children, ranging from the oldest now, he's in college, he's from 20 to 9. So they, my children know, and I've trained them that when daddy comes in, daddy comes into the house, give him a hug, give him a kiss at the door. Sometimes they'll walk him all the way to his bedroom. And when they've given him all the hugs and the kisses, and, and I tell him immediately, let daddy rest for a while. Daddy just came into the door, let him rest. Because my children ready to tell him about the event, show him this, that, and other. Let daddy rest. Let him come down. Give him that 30 minutes. Give him that hour. You have to learn to allow each other to come down from that day of stress. Because it's been stressful out there. Even if you had the perfect day, you still got some some semblance of stress on you. Even if it was just driving home in that heavy traffic, that was stressful. Because, again, you watching every driver to make sure you safe on the road. So give your time, yourself time to come down and rest. So that's one of the things to do. Immediately learn how to switch from what is going on or has went on and switch to that person of peace and quiet as mm. soon as possible because if there's too much high energy of emotions, especially anger and frustration, then that's when we get the problem that comes in because, again, when you're at that point, you're more agitated, you're more ready to so you're not tolerable of anything because the slightest thing is going to tick us off. So we have to learn to return ourselves to that peaceful state. And I remember Brother Nuri when he was on our show, and he said that one of his techniques he does is that he says to himself he gives 100% for everything that he does. And he mentioned how he will sit outside his car, outside his home for a few minutes because he knows he has to give his husband, not his husband, Lord knows, his wife and his children 100% of his energy. And he said mm. even if he doesn't have the energy, he said he'll drop, he'll leave the house and go get a cup of coffee or something to bring his energy back up because he knows the wife and the children now need him to be at 100% no matter what went on during that day. So, I mean, for all of us, that's like a rule to learn is that we just can't give everybody else 100% and then forget that our spouses and our wives need it. And for me personally, I have to bear witness because, I, I mean, going from getting up at 5 and you're dealing with the children and then you're dealing with this, that, that throughout the day. And it, and I'll have times when my husband will call me and he said, well, I'm going to be home at 7 or I'm gonna be, whatever time he tells me he's going to be home. And I personally know I'm exhausted beyond words. I mean, sometimes I could be so exhausted, my children are talking to me and I'm falling asleep. That's how exhausted <laughs> I can be. <laughs> in yes, I know. Yes. In this I'm falling asleep. So what I started to do years ago is that, 
I would take at least an hour or two nap. For those who can take a nap, is to take a nap. And now when if I cannot take a nap and I know he needs his quality time after all day long with whatever I was doing, whatever he was doing, we both need our quality time together, I'll go get me a little coffee or something that'll pick me up or I'll take, you know, take my vitamins uh, later in the daytime where they'll kick in, you know, when I'm in the house. So I know, okay, about 4 or 5 o'clock I may take my vitamins, you know, when I – when I drink some coffee or water, whatever the case is, I'll take my vitamins around 4 or 5 because I know I'm going to be up until maybe another 11, maybe 12. So it's all about how you want to do it to bring that energy up because, again, the conflicts come in when we don't take time to really sit back and wait and give that other person what they need to succeed them so that they can go another day, go another minute. They need a kiss. They need a hug. They need a back rub. They need that bubble bath. We all need from each other, and our spouses are saying and telling each other what we need. So now it's really to get into uh, Sister Poe's this question on our show the other day. And she was saying how busy she was, school, work, children, mosque, this, that, other thing. But we must give each other that quality time. So that is definitely a technique with conflict resolution is to give each other the quality time that we need with each other in a peaceful environment. If you have children, uh, one of the techniques, again, when you have children is, if daddy's coming home or if you're coming home at a certain time, start to train the children to get to bed at a certain time. Like, okay, you've been out all day. You get home from work. The children are active. You're exhausted. Dinner has to be cooked. This has to be done. Okay, children, you have a set bedtime. Give them that bubble bath a little bit earlier. Put them to bed a little bit earlier so mom and dad can have their time with each other and, and then you can break up. Feed the children first. Let them, they'll have the kitchen messy, table messy, all that stuff. Get all that straightened out, cleaned up. And then uh, once you put them to bed and the husband's on his way, then that's when you get out the nice, put out the nice tablecloth, get some candles out there, have y'all a candlelight dinner right there in your own dining room. So, again, it's being creative and knowing what we need from each other at that at any given time. Mm. Well, um, Sister Cecilia and Brother Marcus, also Brother James, we have a caller on the line that has a question, and I'm going to bring her in now. Uh, Sister Artia, are you there? I am here. Thank you very much. Um, it's not really a question. Based, I, I haven't heard the entire discussion since I chimed in a little later into the show. However, it's more of a comment, if that's okay. Um, as, that's I was listening, as I was listening in terms of, of conflict resolution in relationships and marriage, one of the things that's very important is to set the tone for the proper handling of disagreement or conflict before conflict actually occurs. And what's important is to establish an environment where safe communication is welcome. It has to be a safe communication environment, and there has to be things established 
to help eliminate conflict. Now, we all know as married people, those of us who are married, that conflict does happen. You can't avoid it. And conflict is sometimes good, but it's important to have that safe environment and to have the regular established bonding times and not to use necessarily those times or your pillow talk time or what have you to resolve conflict, but to set up a time on a weekly basis or whatever time works for that particular couple to be able to discuss issues in the marriage, issues in the relationship, in the family uh, circle, and and really to listen to one another, and, and that is really important. I just wanted to add that. Well, I think you know when I'm when I'm hearing you um, and and Sister Cecilia say is that there needs to be a an agreement. There needs to be a mutual agreement between the two people that we're going to do this together. It can't be just one person saying, "I'm going to make sure I'm calm. I'm going to make sure I give. I'm going to make sure that I prepare, so that when he comes in, things are just right. Things are calm." I work to come to calm him down, but doesn't he have to also agree that he's going to do his part so that it could be mutual? Well, I know I'm yes, talking to beehives. It definitely important. has to be. Go ahead. It's important for see. First of all, I, I know this is a term that maybe is not necessarily used in the Islamic community as much, but leave and cleave is extremely important, and relationship is a mutual thing. Um, the Holy Quran talks about resolving issues collaboratively together, and I'm paraphrasing. And so w- when you look at your marital relationship as a team and not because one has one gender and the other has another gender that it's this way or that way, it takes two people walking in agreement and working together and finding the best response if somebody's acting a fool, you can't go there with them. Somebody has to take the low road. And whether that person is right or not, sometimes it may not be the best time to necessarily address a matter if a person is on 10. You have to allow time for that person to calm down so that they'll be rational. Because a fool addresses a fool, you got two fools in the room. And then you have domestic violence situations that happen. So if you know someone is not handling the situation in the best manner, then you have we we have to be patient with our mates. Are you there? I got disconnected. Hello. Hello. Joy, Hello. I was. Okay. I was. Hello. Okay. Yes, I can hear you, dear sister. Uh, okay. What I was saying is that um, it's important that if if you have a person in the relationship that is on ten, it's important for the other one to to practice self control and to be able to wait until it's a better time to be able to communicate effectively with your mate. So it takes two people. Sister Rafika? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, ma'am. We can. Okay. Everybody's mic is live. Mine. 
And I agree 100% with the sister because that's exactly what we were saying is that both people have to be calm and cool and collected and to know, again, what's on the other person's screen so that you can do exactly what she just said to be able to deal effectively with the situation. And sometimes it's no need to address a conflict because it may not be the time to do it because it will set it off even worse. So I definitely agree 100% with what my sister just said. Mm-hmm. I think um, she got cut off. I'm not sure. I, I, I did. I think I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I think um, the mutual part of it um, is important, the, um, the, the willingness to agree to make the relationship work. And then as, as Brother Marcus said from the very beginning, you know, there are so many things going on every day in a relationship that make it difficult, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to learn how to calm down, especially if you come into the relationship with no tools, if you don't have a tool chest of things that's that you can exactly do to right. calm down. You don't know that's how you exactly calm right. down. And as Sister Cecilia was saying, if you don't know if you're a competitive person, a collaborative person, a compromising person, accommodating person, if you don't know you just exist, you have to maybe analyze yourself and figure out how you deal with things, what kind of personality are you. But well, and see that's that's why it's so important to to you said sometimes a person don't know whether they're collaborative, competitive, compromising, accommodating, because that'll determine how you handle conflict. But see that's why it's important that before you come together and you get married, that you have certain sessions where you're counseled and where you're able to hit when you go through the courtship process to to really ask the tough questions and to really deal with the serious issues and. I, I think that's important. We need to do more of that. I think also, uh, if I may jump in here, uh, that we just have to be mature in how we handle ourselves and each other. I mean, if you're, if we're not growing in 2013, if we're still handling everything the same way that we used to handle it when we we first got married then that's a sign that we have not matured. You know, uh, we did a show called The Angry Marriage, you mm-hmm. know, where there's, there's just so much anger and negativity in the air uh, of the marriage that, that intimacy and love cannot flourish there, cannot grow there. And a lot of us are just frustrated with the time and the hour that we live in, and we're taking it out on each other. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they they say that, if the only tool you have in your arsenal is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. And <laughs> this is one of the reasons this is one of the reasons why we do the marriage retreat. The marriage retreat is to help couples and give them more skills so that we can be successful in our marriages. And I think that more of us should 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 seek counsel, more of us should get help, the necessary help that we need in 2013, uh, if you see that you're deficient in skills, I mean, maybe you didn't grow up with a mother and a father team. Maybe you just had a mother. Maybe you just had a father. Maybe you had two parents who just didn't handle things the right way. 
I mean, if all you saw was mom and daddy fighting and going off on each other and cussing each other out, if that was all you saw, then that's probably pretty much the modus operandus that you're going to reach for whenever conflict happens in your marriage. What you saw when you were coming along is going to be what we're going to do. If we didn't see healthy marriages and healthy relationships growing up, all we're going to be used to is drama, you know? And we have to say in 2013, we have to say save that drama for your mama because nobody wants that drama. We don't need it. Our health don't need the drama. Our spirit don't need the drama. We have to move in 2013 towards healthy, mature relationships. And if I have to conflict with you, if I have to be always in an angry mode with you, then perhaps I need to reassess whether we need to be together anymore, especially if one of us is not willing to get any better skills than what we have. And I think that that's where we are in 2013. Sister Rafika? Brother James? Well, I guess we'll have a wonderful conversation. Well, we're here. I'm here. <laughs> I was okay, on mute. Right. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. I put my mic on mute so that you don't hear the dog and the bird here in the studio. <laughs> okay. Praise be to Allah. Yes, Sister Cecilia, are you there? Yes, ma'am. It kicked me okay. off for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to clear the line, and I called you right back. So I just hope that I just was wanting to make sure that your mic was um your mic is live. You can go ahead and uh, talk. We're, you're you're good. <laughs> okay, yes, well, thank you. But again, it's like like Brother Marcus just said, it's really at getting the skills uh, that we need. And one of the things that with conflict resolution is again like this is to acknowledge that there is a conflict and not have the attitude of the avoider, which is to avoid the conflict all together and it's important to know that there's a conflict that has to be dealt with and that by ignoring it that's a ignoring it only makes it worse and that's further putting up a barrier that can exacerbate making the conflict even more difficult to resolve so again we have to acknowledge that there is a conflict that we need to work out and sometimes like I say when we know that emotions are high and that the situation can be, become very explosive very quickly, then a form of communication is also not just verbal, but it's also written. So that's another way to communicate is sometimes to write down what the conflict is for yourself and, and put it down on paper for yourself to examine it and then have your spouse to examine it as well so that both parties can plainly see what the other person is trying to say and to acknowledge that, of course, that our feelings are going to be involved. It's a tendency that we um, don't want to acknowledge the feelings of what the other person is dealing with. The person may feel, the person may feel hurt. The person may feel emotionally abused verbally abused. I mean, we have to let people and acknowledge what they're feeling and not invalidate them 
or put a judgment on it. Like the husband say, well, I feel sick. And the wife says, no, you don't. You feel well. Well, if he just said he feels sick, that's how he feels. So we can't come back and tell him how he feels or he can't come back and tell the wife how she feels that you have to take it as they say it and absorb it like that. Don't put a judgment on it. Don't look at it from your point of view. Look at it from what that person is saying, which is they feel sick. And to acknowledge that, if they're upset, to acknowledge that they are upset, don't say, well, uh, you know, that's just a little minute thing. You know, you shouldn't really be emotional over that. That's just so little and um, not really a big deal. But that's how that person feels. And then the attitude. The attitude in which we approach the conflict can make or break our ability to solve it. One must want to resolve the issue and express verbally and non-verbally, and the attitude has to be conducive to communication. We, ha we have to learn to uncross our arms and legs to express openness. No eye-rolling. No grinding of our teeth, no nonverbal signs that might be foreseen as something negative. Nod or say things like, yes, I understand, to let the other person know you're listening. Keep eye contact. Keep an adequate tone or pitch of our voice. Screaming is not the way as well as if you have a stern or authoritative tones can impede the conversation. If someone perceives you as being condescending, where they feel like you're being disrespectful to what they're saying and feeling, that's something that's not a good thing to do. Another one is avoid assumptions. Preconceived Perceptions can affect the communication problem. There are many factors that go into creating percepts, uh, percepts, ugh, perception, gender, knowledge, impressions of the messenger, previous experience, culture, race, ethnicity. Go into the conflict with an open mind. Don't prejudge it. Don't put your own twist to it, your own turn to it. You, There's a conflict and you already gone in with, with what you want to see happen, not, not concerning ourselves with what the other person wants to see happen. Our agenda is uh, I want to push my way on how I want to do this. And that's something that we should not do to the other person. And we have to take responsibility and use collective words like we and us and not words like and not words like you make me sick or I hate it when you do such and such or you and that other no, we and us verbally acknowledge your responsibility in a disagreement. Acknowledge it. we we may have done something that upset us. Uh, us, we. Brainstorm. Go ahead, brother. I was going to say that, again, all of those things that you're discussing, we're discussing on this phone call tonight, You, if you're an immature person, 
you don't see the value in this. I mean, you we could hear all day long about the right thing to do, but the mature thing to do is to accept when you're hearing truth and try to carry it into practice. A lot of our marriages are dying because we refuse to, pre- to practice basic civility with one another. And I'm just echoing what you're saying, uh, honey, I mean, Sister Celia. Um, we have to learn how to... To, to listen to each other That's a very basic thing In communication But we, we do a whole lot of that You know uh, If I could add a couple To what you're saying Cecilia One of those is stick to the problem at hand You know Focus on the current conflict And don't accuse your spouse Of always or never Behaving a certain way Putting your spouse on the defensive Is uh, a never wise, and sometimes we as husbands, we we do that to our wives. We we keep them on the defensive. We we start throwing the kitchen sink at them because we're trying to make them bow down to our will as the husband. And sometimes, you know, when you're loud and you're really making a big scene, that probably means you're wrong about the issue. People who are normally wrong about the issue, they feel the need to really try to beat the person down and, and try, to, try to make them feel small to, in order to make themselves look big. You know, the Honorable mm-hmm. Louis Farcon said that the truth is still the truth, even if it's whispered, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to have a quiet spirit, you know, when we really know that we uh, are in a situation here where you don't want to make a bad situation worse. I like what that sister said who called in. You know, we have to learn to take the low road. You know, when when things go wrong, don't go with them. If you see your husband, your wife is tripping real hard, sometimes you just have to say, well, praise be to Allah, I'll catch him at another time. We're listening <laughs> to the Honorable Louis Farrakhan describe his wife and how she was taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, how to protect his budding manhood and how she learned to take the low road in dealing with the Honorable Louis Farrakhan and how he would come in and he was trying to be assert his manhood and he was, you know, saying this and saying that and his wife didn't say nothing. She just let him go on because a man, this is a point to remember, sisters, a man cannot argue by himself. A man can't argue by himself. So sometimes when we're carrying on so bad, you the reason it's going, the fire is being filled further and further is because you go in there right there with us. We loud, you even louder. We louder, you getting louder. We can't make it like that. Calm down. The brother needs to get it off his chest and say what he needs to say. Let him get it off his chest. It ain't hurting nothing. As long as he ain't putting his hands on you, as long as he ain't, you know, hurting you physically, you know, I know it hurts a little bit emotionally, probably a whole lot emotionally, but that is not the time when he's in the thick of getting it off of him. If he's pontificating, if he's going through this or that and saying this and that, let him say it. Let him go there. But then you catch him a little later on, maybe not that day, maybe another two days from now. And that's when you tell him when he's in a better mood and a better spirit, you say, baby, when you the other day, when you were talking about this or that or the other thing, 
You know, you didn't have to say it like that. I understood what you were saying without you having to go there. I just wanted to remind you of that. You don't know how powerful you are as the wife. You don't know the power you wield in the lives of your husband as the wife. We think about what you say. We think very deeply about what you have to say to us. You know, sometimes, sister, when you need to get some stuff off your chest, you should uh, say it to us in a very sweet way as as we're leaving out the door to go to this appointment or that appointment. When we got some driving time where we can think about what you're saying versus responding to it right away. Uh, Letters are wonderful way. It was mentioned earlier. Letters are powerful way to to uh help a man because we can read that letter over and over and over again it goes another one get on the same side of the fence sometimes when we're arguing with one another sometimes we think that we are you know i've met many husbands who say my wife is my only enemy you know Mm. some brothers feel this way that Mm. that that the whole world they can get along just fine in the world. They ain't got no problems at the job. They ain't got no problems at the work. They ain't got no problems at the mosque. Like they, they, they little Wayne Muhammad. I ain't got no worries. They, that's how they say it. I ain't got no worries. But when I come home, my wife is the only one that I'm arguing with. The only one that I'm, I'm down there going to blows with is my wife because she is always nagging me about this and nagging me about that. Let me tell you, sister, something. You can nag a black man all you want. You ain't never going to be successful with him nagging him. The way you do it is you got to let him, you got to tell him about it, make sure he acknowledges what you're saying, and then let him work on his own timetable. And if you let him work on his own timetable, I guarantee you're going to get stuff done with that, with that black man. You can tell him mm. that this is broke, that's broke, that's broke. That's, you know, it's a shame that it's like that, but most black men that I know, Work on their own timetable. You know, my wife, she has to bear witness with me. I, I, I'll acknowledge what she wants, but I ain't in the positions a lot of times or in the mindset to go and, and do what she wants me to do. But it's going to get done when I get to it. It's unfortunate it's like that, but it's like that sometimes. Now, the most pressing things is going to get done. But if you're talking about something that, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this life or death what I'm asking him to do? Because people get divorced over this stuff. People get divorced over I asked him, I asked her to do something, and they didn't do it. Some of us are simply control freaks. We have to control every phase of the relationship. We've got to make the man do what I say do when I want it done. Some men are control freaks. They want the wife to to be, as the minister said, their own private soldier. And this is also creating hell and havoc in our relationship. Your wife is not your private soldier, brother. She is your wife. Your husband is not your private soldier, sister. He is your husband. You got to learn to treat him as your husband. A husband is a, a leader in the home. You have to ask your husband and you have to learn the the subtlety of putting your ideas in his head if he doesn't seem to have the ideas himself. A woman is a powerful creature. I'm just giving you little tips, brothers and sisters, that will help you to solve some of the conflict. A wise woman can make a man become very great. Every great black man that you see out here in the world today is great because he is with a great black woman. You all help to bring us into our greatness. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan said, 
that it takes a good woman to bring out the best in a man, and it takes a good man to bring out the best in a woman. That's the way Almighty God Allah has fixed this thing. I don't care how great a man is. If he had you in his life, he would be even greater. You know, that boy sang that song. He said, I'm a movement by myself, but we're a force when we're together. He said, he said that you, baby, you, you make me better. See, sister, you make your black man better by skill. The more skills you have as a woman, you can make your man be what you want him to be by skill, skillful use of your mouth. Let me give you one last one before I yield to the Sister Rafiq or Cecilia or Brother James. This is the most important, one of the most important ones. You have to learn the power of praise. Most of us have entirely two negative marriages because we don't understand how to praise one another. I know you came in the nation and you learned that all praise is due to a lie, but the nature of God is the nature of the black man and woman. If God desires praise, then certainly you have to know that you can use praise as a powerful tool and a motivator for your husband or for your wife. We have to point out every good thing that they did in the course of a day that you saw, and it is acknowledged. We don't acknowledge. We, we say the good will take care of itself. That is a lie. If I keep on doing good for you over and over, year in, year out, and you never take time to acknowledge it, or I never take time to acknowledge the good that you are doing as the woman, then we're going to become very, very, uh, you know how they say, familiarity breeds contempt. We're going to start having contempt for each other. And where does the contempt come in? The contempt comes in when we think that the person got to do this or that. They they going to do this or that, and they got to do this or that. And whether I say it or not, they going to do it. Now, that's a lot of contempt. That's a lot of contempt to have for a person. See, we praise each other in the sub-basement, but we criticize each other on top of the mountaintop for everybody to hear. Let me say that again. We praise each other in the sub-basement. You ain't even in the basement. You in the sub-basement, and you saying a little praise to your husband. Oh, baby, you did that real good. I like that. Or, brother, you saying about your wife something that she's doing for you. You say, yeah, baby, that was good. I like that. That's all, Lord. You all in your Barry White on that. But then when you got something negative to say, you screaming that at the top of your lungs. See, the rule is... 90% praise, 10% criticism. Mm. See, you should praise your partner 90% of the time, and you should use the 10% very sparingly. You should do your criticism. Even if you've got to criticize, you should say 90% praise and then slip into 10% criticism and, and then make sure it's not a, a I think. I think you, when you do such and such, then, then I get all crazy. No, make sure it's, it's calling attention to the deed and not to the person, to the deed, the deed that you did. When, 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 when this happens in the relationship, X, Y, Z, it makes me feel this way. And if you've got a decent husband or a decent wife, they should acknowledge after a period of time that they are, they're making you upset. Who would want to keep making their partner upset if you really got love between you? We have to learn the power of praise. Whoever praises the husband is the one that's going to have him. Sisters, don't think you got your husband because he with you. 
the body might be with you, but where is his mind? Is his mind there in the relationship with you? Same question for you, brother. Don't think you got your wife because you got her body. It's where her mind is. That's where the real woman is. The song says your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. Who's got her mind? Who's got your mind as a brother tonight on this call? That's the question we want to talk about since we're talking about conflict, because a lot of conflict comes in because we haven't totally committed to one another. When you haven't totally committed to your wife or your husband, you're going to keep conflict in the relationship. Some people are actually looking for any little thing that their husband or wife do to justify what they've already done or they get ready to do. See, that's, that's a, a big problem. Jesus said it like this. He said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And it was our minister, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, who shared with us, he said that this generation is marked by adultery. Uh. And another thing that we do to each other that we have to learn to mature out of is psychoanalyzing each other. Mm. Instead of asking about the the partner's thoughts and feelings, people, we decide that we know what their partners are thinking and feeling based only on faulty interpretation of their actions. And we always assume it's negative. This creates hostility and misunderstanding. It's important to keep in mind that we we all come from a unique perspective and work hard to assume nothing. Listen to the other person and let them explain where they are coming from. Stop psychoanalyzing your partner. And another one that we are so good at is that self-righteous spirit where we see ourselves as knowing what is the best way. The self-righteous see themselves as better than someone that they feel ought to be condemned. The hypocrisy of self-righteousness makes the self-righteous person to want full punishment for any sinner except self because they are blinded to their own unworthiness in the eyes of God. So again, the psychoanalyzing and the self-righteousness where we feel we are right and the other person is wrong, you saying that you're God besides a lot in your relationship, these are things that cause problems. And the other thing that we do, again, is judging, judging the other person, looking through our lens, looking through our eyes on how we feel they should be doing a thing. The husband likes to take a, a hammer and bang it in his right hand. Well, the wife say, no, you ain't doing it right. It need to be done in the left hand. Well, if he's comfortable banging the nail in the right hand, 
then leave him alone. He's comfortable with banging it in the right hand. Brother, if your wife likes to drive the car a certain way and she got a driver's license, she ain't banging up cars, why are you sitting in the passenger seat telling her how to drive the car like she don't have a license (laughs) to? I'm sorry, honey. Cecilia, are you in my mind? (laughs) I mean, you're just picking the things right out of my mind. All praise due to Allah. I remember having that phone conversation with my dad um, many, many years ago, before even before I was married, as to what happens in the car with men and women. And my dad says, you know, men have to feel like they're in control. And they have to feel like they they feel like they have to tell you what to do. And I'm like, well, where does that come from? Right. Well, we we just concerned about our lives. That's all it be. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what it is? It's already a look at listen to that now. psychoanalyzing already assuming that due to her gender being female, she doesn't yeah. drive the car right. Don't do it right. <laughs> We're going to break for a quick commercial. We're going to come on back and finish this up. Uh, this is an amazing conversation. I, it makes me just say, you know what, I need to be on that retreat. So when we come back from commercial, let's talk about a few more strategies and then go right into that fourth annual Black Hello. Marriage Retreat. You hang in there. Yes, <laughs> Stay with us, listening audience. Phone number 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. We're here. We want to talk to you. Give us a call. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites, for more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, wonderful conversation. This is Cecilia from Brother Marcus and Sister Rafika. 
We are yes, back we're live. Here. Um, yeah. yeah, the mic. <laughs> a little technical difficulty there. <laughs> but we are here. We we left off with, you know, a little lighter tone and um, just, just trying to, I think, get the roles established and understand. And what, I, what I've taken from what my dad said to me, Brother Marcus and Sister Cecilia and our listening audience, is that um, sometimes people have to reflect on where they are in their life. Um the dynamics in a relationship is not to conquer. It's to love and to nurture. If we come That's from right. that perspective, then we're right. we're ahead of the game. But, you know, I, I use the expression, the luggage, you know, and the museum. When you, when you meet somebody, you don't know how many sets of luggage they have. They may have one set. <laughs> you know, they might travel light. <laughs> they might overpack and have to sit on the luggage to keep everything stuffed in. So it doesn't ooze out. <laughs> right. But it's knowing where you're coming from. And I think Sister Cecilia hit it on the head in, in the beginning. She banged us with those um, those five strategies, knowing what kind of person you are, and I guess accepting the knowledge of who you are. Well, Sister yes, I totally agree with that. I, um, I think everything starts with the knowledge itself and if you don't know who you are, how you will emerge with another person and be, and get that necessary synergy to be productive in this day and time. So, you know, like we have to say in Rafik in our home, we always talk about the team. You know, one day it's my team, but it's my, it's, it's really our team. It could be Sadat's team, or it could be your team, but we're all a team. Each time we take a different um, role or different aspect of it, but we support one another in all our endeavors. And so, you know, um, we have to know what we're good at, what we're not so good at, what we're strong at, what we're not so strong at, and we work towards um, helping each other strengthen our weaknesses and accentuate our positives, and we just keep moving forward. So let us uh, continue on with our great conversation with Sister uh, Cecilia and Brother Marcus because I have just been so well said, and I wanted to let them know that um, that we these, these shows are archived, and we're going to make sure other people who were unable to listen live with us today will listen later on in the week or even later on tonight and hear this wonderful wisdom that's being put out there to help us keep and let's keep our families together. Let's stay together. Thank you, family. All praise is due to Allah. Is there a specific question? He he um he almost made me want to sing that song, Brother Marcus and Sister Cecilia. You know, I almost um went went with Al Green on that one. Yeah, I heard that song the minute I started talking to Brother Marcus and Sister Cecilia. But I don't really have a specific question. I put it out into the chat room to those out there, and uh, to to um go ahead and send us a question um via the chat room or raise your hand. On, on the um, uh, you know, on on the board, but I guess everyone is quiet and just have done what we've done. Listen in and just enjoy the flow and the ultimately, we, we see the goal. The goal is to keep us together and live in harmony with one another and enjoy life. We should have heaven on earth as we live, and um, the only way they can do that if we work hard together, hard to stay together, you know, and make our home our paradise. You know, our castle, our heaven here on earth, and uh, the best way to go about doing that is to understand how we can make one another happy Well, by making ourselves happy and just be the best partner that we can be to our mates. 
You know, yes, um, one one thing I want to interject here, and in, in not in, not in relation to the topic, but I was I was somebody texted the other day and asked how can they follow us on Twitter. And before I close the show again, let me give out that Twitter handle. It's at the keys one hundred seven. That's it. Just at the keys one hundred seven. Look for us on the uh, internet on our website www.thekeys107network.com. You can send us questions, um, send us show suggestions, and we're here for you. Brother Marcus and Cecilia, let's go. (laughs) What's the next strategy? All right. Uh, Cecilia, I'll give one and then you give give one. Okay. Now, this is a big one that we often do, uh, dear family, and and we've all been guilty of this. And, And one of the things that I liked about what Sister Cecilia was sharing is that we got to stop this self-righteous hypocrisy like we all, like we fell from heaven, you know. And sometimes there's a tendency in marriages where we, 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 we play the dozens almost in the marriage, you know. Generally, one of us is going to be an angel or God, and the other spouse is going to be cast like they're the devil or Satan. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we need to avoid character assassination in our marriages. You know, as we work to resolve conflicts, it's okay to talk about circumstances and behavior. However, when we start attacking our spouse's personality or character, that is never acceptable. You should never make your disagreements and arguments with your wife, your husband, personal. When we start dogging them out about their physical features, when we start talking about even their family members, you know, your Uncle Bobo, he ain't nothing but an old bum, you know. You know, we, we are good at, as black people growing up in the hells of North America, we are very good at dogging each other out. And we... Sometimes we have these kind of personalities where we're not satisfied unless it's broke. You know, some of us are drama queens. That's what we are. We are big drama queens, even in our marriages. We we can't let something just stay and be what it is. We got to turn it into something that will, will satisfy our need for drama and conflict. And that's one of the things that keep conflict going in marriages in 2013. Somebody may be acting like a drama queen. If if a small thing can be exacerbated into something great and huge, but when it was really boiled down to what it was, it wasn't no big deal at all, then the person that turned it into something big, you might have a drama queen on your hand. You might have a drama king on your hand. We have a show coming up this uh, Sunday, inshallah, God willing, where we're asking the question, are you a glorified mama's boy? You know, some of these mamas are drama queens, and they put that temperament and disposition right into their sons. And so the son is a drama queen, except he's the male version of a drama queen. And we have to be very, very careful. If you listen this Sunday, you're going to learn a lot about the way men feel about their mothers and how powerful a mama is in the life of a man. Sisters, if you really want to understand what you're up against 
in understanding your husband, you should study his mama intently. Because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that most men reflect the temperaments of their mothers. So when you see a man and he's acting sort of strange, you better know that a lot of it came from his mama. And his mama is a major influence on him because she was the one that was probably with him the most in his life. To say you go ahead, please. That and and brother James had hit on it a little bit is that we have to understand that when we come together as husband and wife and that our marriage is supposed to be a God-centered marriage, that gives you the wherewithal to withstand whatever come what may into your relationship when you put God first in your relationship, husband and wife together. Because if it's one who puts God but the other one doesn't, then that's a disconnect. And that what causes a lot of relationships to break up as well is that disconnect. But when both of you together put God first in your relationship, then you can withstand a lot of things. But what's going on today is that our relationship is instant. I want instant coffee. I want instant food. Microwave it. Pop it in. Pop it out. This not good. I don't want it. Throw it out. So we've taken on the society. Society's mentality and way of doing things to the point now where the divorce rates are so high because we are not God-centered. We have become materialistic. We have become sexist. All the things and isms is in our relationship, and we have nothing to balance us out because we don't have God in the middle of our relationship because we know that man and woman, not man by himself, not woman by himself, but man and woman are the glory of God above all of God's creation. The sun, the moon, and the stars, man and woman is the greatest of Allah God's creation because we are created by God to stand in Allah's place in rulership over what God has created. So we can only fulfill our role as ordered by God when we willingly bring ourselves into submission to the will of God. And this is from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, who's given us these very valuable words. So when we find ourselves off kilter, when we find ourselves off balance, we are not basing our arguments. We're not basing our frustrations on what would be pleasing to, I'm looking at my husband, he's a little God. I'm looking at my wife, she's a little God. Because like people said, what would Jesus do? So we would have to look at it and say, well, what? how are we handling each other? Are we handling each other in a righteous manner? Are we more careful of the words that come out of our mouth? Do we think five times before we speak like the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has urged us to do is think five times before you speak? Because if you think five times before you speak, the best words, the best mannerisms 
can come out of us where it is not going to cause a conflict. When we look more so at our spouses as, as the glory of God, then that helps us to behave a lot better. We ain't going to use those bad words that could come out of our mouths so easily, so quickly. And now we become more conscious, more centered on that spirituality that both of us come from, the God that both of us come from, then we are more patient with each other. We are more tolerable of each other. We don't want to be rude and disrespectful to each other right. because now right. the brother's not looking at his wife as his enemy. He's he's not looking at her as the devil. No, you're looking at her as a woman of God. How do you handle the woman of God? Sister, how do you handle the man of God? So that right. it will help us tremendously to take our relations up our relationship up so many notches, and that's what the marriage retreat by God's grace is all about, is helping us to help those and and helping ourselves to understand that we have to become God-centered marriages to be successful. Praise be to Allah. I, well, I wanted think that's to... A good... I'm sorry, Brother Marcus, go ahead. No, 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 sister, I don't want to interrupt you. Please. Oh no, you you have the floor. <laughs> oh, praise be to Allah. I mean, I, when you got a good husband and wife relationship, you 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 almost draw strength from each other, you know, and you're not in competition with each other. And and I think that that's a, something that we have to grow to when you are with somebody for ten or fifteen or twenty years. A lot of couples want what they see other couples have but they're not willing to put in the years that other couples have put in. You know, people want what Minister Farrakhan and Mother Khadija have, but they ain't willing to put 50 years in in order to have that. You know, you got to, you want to, you know, you want to have what others have. You got to put some time in. All of us as men, we have to counter our tendency and propensity towards sexism. We are very sexist in our marriage. We don't view the female from the way or the viewpoint uh, of Allah's coloring. We don't see her like Allah wants us to see. And part of that is because so many sisters nowadays don't respect the institution of marriage. I don't think it's ever been this bad out here where if a man says he's married, there was a time when, when black women would, would leave you alone when you said you was married. But nowadays we got many sisters who view that as a challenge. You know, and of course, you know, brothers, we've never had that much respect for each other's marriages, and that is our downfall as a community, that we don't respect the institution of marriage. But getting back to this sexism thing, if you think as a brother that because the teachings say that the black man is the original man, he's the maker, the owner, the queen of the planet Earth, God of the universe, and at the same time, we're not balancing that with the black woman is the goddess of the universe. She's the maker, the owner, the queen of the planet Earth, a goddess of the universe, too, T-O-O. We have to balance that out because you're dealing with a black man. We are, we are already sexist just by the misogyny and the filth of the rap music that we, we, we feed our spirit and our mind on 24 hours a day. 
But here we are, we might have grown up in a relationship where a father was very heavy-handed, and he had a my way or the highway mentality. And so when we come into the nation of Islam, you know, and we hear the teachings, especially the way it's mostly represented, where where we try to get the black man up, it's a lot of it is black man, black man, black man. Well, then the, the black man's sense of self is so heightened that he forgets that the black woman is there, too. And we have to learn to listen to our wives. This is why the theme for this fourth anniversary of the uh, Black Marriage Retreat, the theme for this year is the uh, great struggle for balance and the tremendous value of our wives. Because so many of us as brothers are missing the value that Allah wants us to see in our wives, our wives are have something so important to not just say, but to do, to give us if we would just open our hands to receive it instead of clenching our hands to want to hurt her in some kind of way. If we would open up our hearts and minds to see what Allah has given us. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan said, he said that we need to study our lives again. We need to look at them again. And so the fourth anniversary of the Black Marriage Retreat is also bearing witness to the Holy Quran, where the fourth chapter is called The Women. The Women. And this anniversary of the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, I think he's about to celebrate 60 years with Mother Khadija Muhammad. And we, of course, are wanting to invite him to address us this year and to talk to us about the, our things, the great value, the tremendous value of our wives. We want to hear from him and to, for him to talk to our nation because we see a great problem in our nation and that there's not much respect for women. We do a lot of great lip service to women, but at the end of the day, we really don't have a lot of respect for them and what they think and what they bring to the table in terms of a marriage. I could not be the man that I am today without having my wife, Sister Cecilia, with me. When I was gone and I was on the road, going up and down the road, she was there. She was the one rearing the children. She was there teaching the children. And I, as a husband, as a father, I know I didn't do it. I don't, I don't take no credit for the, for the uh, tremendous strides my children have made in education. When I look and I see my son at Savannah State University, I wasn't there a day helping him to do no homework. I wasn't there to make sure he did no homework. And I wasn't gone, but I was out there working. I was doing my part to provide financially, but the other part of, 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 of what uh, being a parent, I was not there. And then to see my daughter, she received a $20,000 scholarship the other day by a library from Dell Computers. She's going to get a free laptop, a free, uh, free printer. She's doing exceptional. She said the other day to me, she, I asked her what her grade point average was. The girl told me she had a 4.02. I had no idea that she could get a higher grade point average than a uh, 4.0. I know I didn't have a 4.0. And so my wife has improved my DNA substantially. 
Because at best, I was only average when I was a student in school. So, brother, we need to stop walking around uh, flossing like we the only one that brought something to the table in the marriage, and we need to recognize that our wives are the catch me out too by a lot of grace and what they bring to the table. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have no nation that we are producing, if we have successful children, if we have children that are going somewhere and have a good mindset and got their, their eyes on the prize, give praise to Allah for the black woman that you got in your life, brother. Stop arguing with her. Stop trying to fight her. Stop belittling her. These are things that I'm saying to you, and I'm saying them to myself, too. We have to respect and protect the black woman like never before in 2013. Well, let's go into the um, retreat because we're winding down, and I don't want you to leave without telling us some details, how we can get involved, when is it, where is it, what's on the agenda, and how is this one different from last one? All praise is due to Allah. I started off to say, if you don't mind, and then you can finish us up with it. First, let me tell you the website there, brothers and sisters, and I hope that no one will misconstrue my passion or our passion for answering these questions. We are very honored to be here on your show tonight. Our website for the Black Marriage Retreat is very simple. It's www.blackmarriageretreat.org. Again, that's www.blackmarriageretreat.org. And we would love for you to go to the website. Every possible detail we believe is there on the website for you to view. You and your wife, you and your husband can join us on this year's marriage retreat. Are you ready for this, brothers and sisters? We don't have no real expensive price. We're not trying to get paid off of nobody during this marriage retreat. It is the same as last year in terms of our intention. We want you to be able to come to an affordable place and have the most beautiful time that you could have while you're with us. So the registration per couple is only $50 per couple. And then you can pay for the entire retreat at, for only $520. That's per person. I mean, excuse me, that's, that's uh, per couple, I mean. That's per couple, $520 per couple. So for, uh, for really $600, you can have a wonderful marriage retreat that will help you and your wife tremendously to grow closer because we're going to give you a fabulous workbook with a lot of help that we have put together that has some of the best practices of different uh, the, the different uh, things we address uh, is going to be right there in the book for you. The booklet we, the book we're going to give you is full of exercises that we're going to do some of them while there, but the majority of them is designed for you and your wife together to work on your marriage and what you all are trying to build together. One night the brothers are going to cook for their wives because we want to drive home the idea that, brother, you have to look out for your wife, too. You know, you, we burn each other out. If you put all the weight and responsibility on your wife to cook every meal in the house, eventually you're going to burn her out. She's going to be tired of cooking. My father did it to my mother. He never, I, well, he tried to cook, God bless her, but he never, he never mastered that skill. <laughs> that was something he should have left alone. God knows the children bear witness. I summoned bear witness. He should have left that alone. But he tried, you know. But 
uh, I, I'm making that point to say that men need to learn how to serve their wives too. Wives are already in the mode generally of serving us, but we need to learn how to serve them too. So we're going to get in the kitchen and we're going to cook up some some slop, I mean some food for you all to eat, and we hope that you all will enjoy what we we have. No, we're going to put our best foot forward, sister. We're going to get brothers who and what we do with the husband. Great. Sister Cecilia there? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. Okay. (laughs) So when couples come to the retreat, I think he may have dropped off. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, you're there. Okay. When couples come to the retreat, what, what can they expect? Are they coming there to resolve a conflict, or they what are they coming for? Other than having well, a good each, time, each couple is coming for whatever they feel that they need from the retreat. If they need a healing, uh, God willing, they receive a healing. Uh, some couples come to relax and be around other couples and to just be able to uh, learn from each other. And that's one of the biggest things is that there's no one who's claiming to be the expert. We're all learning from each other. And we've heard time and time again where couples said, you know, I did not have any problems in my relationship currently, but what I heard from other couples helped them not to have the same issue in their marriage where it gave them skills for something they might not have even dealt with as of yet. Or it just helped people to, who may be on the fringe of getting a divorce. We've had that scenario a couple of a couple of couples as well where it was either after this retreat is going to make or break us. And by mm. God's grace, so far we have had uh, very successful where it has helped couples to stay together, to reconcile, to restore their relationship, to start anew. Because when we are filled with pain and hurt and frustration and we're at our wit's end, we need to immediately insert some new knowledge, some new understanding in there because it's something that we're lacking where we're stuck in the mode in the relationship. So the skills that we learn together helps everyone to be able to take their relationship to the next level of where they desire for their marriages to go. And for most couples who come, they're coming because they want a relationship with longevity. They don't want to have to deal with divorce. We've had couples who've been married and they might have been on their second or third marriage and they were convinced within themselves that I'm going to, make this relationship work. I don't want to be divorced anymore. I don't want to go through that anymore. So they've made a decision within themselves to get help when they need that help. And that's what we all have to do is have someone that we can go to to help us to increase, again, our knowledge, our maturity in the relationships. And we keep saying that word maturity because we cannot handle our relationships like a kindergartner and expect a college degree to come out of it. So definitely we got to receive knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And as we begin to wrap it up, I want to <clears throat> mention to people the best conflict resolution skills that we could have ever gotten we received from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan 
1995 at the Million Man March, which was the Eight Steps of Atonement. That is the best format that we could possibly have to help us with our conflict resolutions. And for those who don't know them, I'm going to run them very quickly. Number one is to point out the wrong. Number two is to acknowledge the wrong. Number three is the concession. Number four is the repentance. Number five is the atonement. Number six is the forgiveness. Number seven is the reconciliation and restoration. And number eight, perfect union with God. The best formula to use for conflict resolution. Wonderful, well, I think wonderful. that is a, a, a perfect um, note to close out on. And I, I just want to say thank you so very much. And um, the door is open, you know, the keys. You have the key now. You've been given the key um, to the door. You can open it whenever you like. In other words, you are welcome on our show to help us work through our conflict resolution anytime you're available. All praises due to Allah. Whenever y'all need us, just give us a call, and we will be happy to assist you in any way that we can because we all have to learn that the more we share together, the more we grow together, we make a better community, a better loving environment for the future, and that's what our mind has to be on. It has to be on the future, our future generation coming behind us. We have to prepare a way for them so that they don't suffer like we had to suffer, make it a little bit less stressful for them so that they can be more successful in their male-female relationship. Wonderful. Sister Cecilia, Brother Marcus, we love you for what you do, what you offer. We love you for the sacrifices that you're making. And your, your passion that you bring this information is just tremendous. And I, I like to say to you that um, I really, truly enjoyed this conversation. And I was studying self as I was taking my notes. And I said, you know, what is one of my uh, favorite ways to um, approach conflict resolution? And I like to change the vibrations in my home. I throw up some music to close out the evening. So we're going to do the same tonight. We're going to go to uh, one of our Keys 107 Network artists who has a show on Sundays called Gramps Morgan's Show, and we're going to wash the tears away. Good night, my family. May Allah bless you all to have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We must hold on